And we're back with another episode of the Anarchist Experience, episode 130, uh, coming at you this Saturday morning. As always, I am your host, Mr. Rich E. Rich, along with... MC. And since this is the call-in show, your favorite call-in show that you choose not to call into for whatever reason, uh, we got those numbers for you to dial 303-335-9527 or 303-835-1301. That's 303-335-9527 or 303-835-1301. So I have to ask you this week, MC, um, we we talk a lot about crypto. What the hell happened to Bitcoin? Um, Well, it was way too high, and that's... The, the main reason why it's coming down is, is because the price was too high too fast. Um, yeah, some stuff is happening in China. Um, I was going to say, people are blaming China. Fucking Chinese people. It's, it's, a, it's a big world, and uh, mo- I think most trading actually happens in Korea. The biggest market is in Korea. So, um, yeah, I can, you, you know, whenever there's a bubble, there's going to be something that's going to be blamed on it, on it popping. Uh, so uh right now the, the blame is on in on China. Um now there's always that threat by governments that they're going to shut down the exchanges and and that would be unfortunate. There's a lot of people that like to gamble their money on uh trading bitcoin for dollars and you know back and forth and 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 you know changing bitcoin for other cryptos. So um if if that happens, yeah, it's going to it's going to suck for a while, but um I don't think in the short term we have to worry about the the China issue all that much. Um, you know, hopefully they'll find a way around it. And given the speed at which technology is evolving right now, um, I can bet probably three months, maybe you know, between somewhere between three months and a year, uh, somebody will have cracked that either using Ethereum uh, protocol uh, to set up a decentralized exchange or. Uh, just people doing it on their own. Uh, so that's that's what I think is going to happen. And uh, yeah, so Bitcoin on. Now we we had a little gathering, uh, like a I called it a powwow, a little crypto meeting over the weekend. And one of the things that I remember you saying was, at some point, the the dips don't matter um, because it's so far after the point that you have gotten in. Um, that when the dip happens, you're still up now. <laughs> so we've been telling people, you know, to, 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 to just get in, right? Like what, whatever you can just get in. So, you, so you're in, um, but what about the people who like, who got in weeks ago and they're now going through this, you know, headache. Did something just bing? Something binged at me. Oh, sorry. I binged you. <laughs> oh, Okay. I, my my thing started. Flying. Okay, what was I? Oh yeah, so people who got in last week and you know we we had uh, um, one gentleman at the meeting who seemed overly frustrated uh, with the the rampant price decrease as the meeting was going on. Um, you know what 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 do you say to those people who got in a little too close to that the last peak uh, as far as you know sticking with it? Hey, I mean it's up to you what you want to do, but uh, if 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 you bought it. Uh, 4,500 and, and, uh, you were aiming for the moon after that. Um, well, if, if it hits 3000, it's probably not a good time to sell. Um, you know, just because the, the price is currently low, uh, doesn't mean that's what it's worth. So, uh, you know, just stick with it, you know, pick your price. 
say, you know, Bitcoin is going to be worth X trillion amount of dollars and, and uh, aim for that. Um, and my other advice is uh, if you think 3000 is low, um, consider buying more. Um, I, I really think that, uh, well, I, I picked the, the price of 2500 as being the lowest it would probably go uh, this year. Um, I don't have a crystal ball, so, you know, don't, <laughs> this, this is, this is more of a game to me at this point, uh, picking <laughs> prices. So, and so yeah, people, people that make predictions are usually wrong. Um, that's one of my favorite quotes. I forget who said it, but, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, pick a price that you think is low and, and instead of selling at that price, uh, buy more. Um, it's worked for me in the past and, uh, that's kind of the way that I, that I trade. Um, it prevents you from, from, uh, being a human trader. Um, so human traders, uh, they usually sell when they're afraid and they, and they buy because they're afraid of getting left out. Um, so any other, any other way, obvious at trading anything, you know, just buy a little bit every month and, and, uh, and then wait a few years. And so, yeah. Um, I think they, they, uh, dollar cost averaging, like that yeah. that terminology it's like the you know the hodler's dream right you just you you buy whatever you can whenever you can and you know on on the assumption right and like you said predictions are hard to make on the assumption uh that at some point in the future it's going to go high enough where you'll just you know having made all that money up until that point don't really care and, and then you and buy again, more and uh so now when people ask what Bitcoin is, the, f the first thing I tell them is it's an economic experiment. Um, and so I would say if, if you don't like Bitcoin for what it is and the risks that are inherent to it, like just stay away. Like Bitcoin doesn't need you. <laughs> you <know? laughs> like if, if you're, if you're just trying to, uh, you know, flip it and make a buck, uh, there's, there's a pretty good chance that this isn't the thing for you. Um, I mean, maybe it, maybe it is, maybe it does work for you. Um, uh, well, what's wrong with you know, day trading Bitcoin and cryptos? Pe yeah. People get lucky and there's a lot of speculation involved. So, but the reason why a lot of people got in, into it originally and the why they're successful at Bitcoin is because they're holding on to it because they believe in it. And so, uh, that's what I encourage you to do. Find something you believe in. Um, I don't care if it's Tesla or I definitely uh, care if it's Tesla, Apple or, uh, you know, whatever it is, um, oil companies. <laughs> I, what I really want to invest in, uh, something else I believe in is the, uh, thorium, uh, reactors. Um, I, it's just the most amazing technology to, uh, produce power cheaply. Um, there is one competitor, uh, that I forget, uh, they're trying to make uh, like unlimited energy and, but the, that experiment is like way more complicated and it's up and running now. It's actually producing more energy than they put into it, I guess. But, um, but it's way more expensive. So th thorium, uh, while it's still in development, um, I think is the best, uh, way to move forward. And, and on top of that, the, the materials that it creates and the byproducts from a thorium reactor are actually helpful to humanity. So nice. Uh, um, this it's like a win for everybody if if 
uh, people do go that route. And I, I, it's just really weird. I, you know, there are all these Ethereum ICOs coming out and stuff like that. Um, you know, good on them. They're, you know, trying to make a buck and probably rip people off or whatever. Uh, it's a good lesson for people to, uh, lose some money on, on crap. Um, but, um, I haven't heard of any real big public fund fundraising for for a thorium reactor, uh, so we're still waiting for that to happen, and uh, hope that you know hope what happens sooner rather than later because, um, yeah, who, who needs uh, to support the oil companies when we could when we could all be driving around a uh, thousand horsepower electric cars, uh, and hopefully not even. It really does frustrate me with the whole Tesla thing. Like, like you said, you you care about that. Um, so, what is it with Tesla? Well, okay. So, a, a couple things. I'll answer that question, then I want to jump back a little bit. I don't have a problem with Tesla as a technology. Uh, I have a problem with uh, Tesla being subsidized by the state. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. It's total. It's total BS. It's like <laughs> these, these people buying a hundred thousand dollar car really need uh, a tax rebate you know and actually you know see it's it's so twisted you know i don't i don't want people to pay taxes and so if they can find a way to not pay taxes that's great so right like i said but it's so it's so twisted but you know yeah i want i want everybody to get a hundred percent rebate all the time um i don't think you should have to file a paper to get that and i don't think you should have to buy a tesla to get that um yeah people should just pay whatever the market price is and uh right pay it to each other and keep the government out of it but so l- let me so let me let me jump back for one second and maybe I'll I'll if I focus enough maybe I'll circle it into the the point I'm trying to make so I was you know I I was uh riding along with some coworkers um on Thursday cuz we had uh our job was way out in the country um if if you're if you're listening to the show on the mainland not that far for you uh, but but on this tiny little island, it was a long ass ride. So for UMC, we were out uh, in um, Haleiwa and North Shore of Oahu um, for work. So it, it was a long ride out, and then we made like a half drive back in, and then a half drive back out, and then a long ass drive back in, um, you know, to to do our job. And it, while we're while we're in the car, I'm having a conversation, uh, a long conversation with a coworker on a vast number of subjects that I kind of wanted to get into a little bit here, just, just to get it out there. Um, but one, we were driving through, uh, and one of the things that they have out there now, and I don't know when this went up, right. Is they have like wind farms, right? Have you been out there? Have you seen these monstrosities? Yep. Okay. And you know, there, there were signs, you know, cause locals, local, local country folk like local country and they don't like anything that disrupts the, the harmonious living of the, the peace and tranquility that country living brings you. Um, so they were like, you know, no more wind farms. You know, these are signs posted like, you know, on cardboard and hanging from, uh, yard fences, you know, no, no more wind farms. Now get these things out of here, you know, keep the country country and all that nonsense. Um, and you know uh, my my coworker, right, is uh, like a hundred percent liberal, as far as I can tell, because she leans that way in almost every every conversation we have. So I have I have no problem calling her a libtard at all, um, <laughs> at all. I I kind of did it right to her face too. Um, 
and I'll get into that in a second. Um, but anyway, so you know, we we're seeing these monstrosities, and she's like, "Yeah, these things are just too huge, and you know, we got to get rid of it." You know, I'm like, "Well, come on now, what do you mean?" And she was like, "Well, people should just go to like solar voltaic." And, you know, they, they should just, you know, get rid of these things and, like, make people use solar. I'm like, well, make people? You know, we got, we got into, like, that type of conversation. And then I brought up thorium, right? Because I know you talk about it, and I know you're big on it, but I did not know enough about it to, like, get into a detailed conversation with her, like, the benefits of thorium. Um, so my only point was was just like, you know, Tesla and all of, all of their uh, electrical offerings, right, is that... The, the state shouldn't be subsidizing, right? The state shouldn't be picking uh, winners and losers. And if the state or, you know, her in her mind, right, if, if she weren't forcing people uh, to use solar or other uh, renewable types of energies, because uh, the wind farm, renewable, right? Like that's the whole purpose of having these monstrosities up there is, you know, to get away from, from gas and coal. Um, and the, and the, and so my point was, uh, rather than, you know, picking solar as like, you know, the next big thing, why don't we open it up to, to market competition and then see what thorium has to offer, right? Because I'm pretty sure, you know, if, 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 I'm pretty sure that if the, the state was not uh, subsidizing solar uh, and that method so much that you would have other alternatives uh, come into the market. And one of the examples that I have for this is a long time ago, and I, 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 I don't even know if it was a dream at this point uh, because I haven't even been able to like to refine it. Um, and I remember at one point in time, like I saw a car commercial, and I, my memory wants me to believe uh, that this was for a BMW, uh, and it was a BMW powered by hydrogen like it was a hydrogen car and the gist of the commercial was um you know the hydrogen car is coming right when you're ready we will be too was like i don't it was was the gist of the tagline that i remember not that not that it was like ready to produce or ready for market or ready for anything like that but that they were developing it so that when the world Right is ready to shift away from from you know gas, uh, you know gasoline and diesel powered automobiles. Um, this is the next thing, right? This was the thing on the horizon, hydrogen powered, and BMW, if my memory serves me correctly, which I'm starting to think it doesn't, uh, was leading that charge. Um, and then all of a sudden, you know, uh, electric took over, and you know, uh, the you know electric cars started like the the Prius was yeah, the first the big batteries. one, yeah. Um, you know, started to take over and now they're being subsidized, right? So like, it, it's hard to know whether or not this hydrogen powered car, uh, would have been a better alternative if it was allowed to compete at the same level as, uh, as solar electric vehicles or just electric vehicles, you know, and some people put up solar panels to do it. Or, um, if it would have been, you know, if, if the electric vehicles would have outcompeted it anyway. Right. And then, and we just don't know. And, and so to tie it back into thorium, right. We just don't know, um, what the future of it will hold if it can't get the, if it can't get a equal footing into the hearts and minds of consumers, uh, because everyone's looking for, you know, the, their rebate to put up solar. 
Um, and in the case of Tesla, again, wrapping this all back together, if the government wasn't picking like Tesla as the winner of the electric vehicle race, right, or that electric vehicles are out there, um, then who knows, right? Like, you know, e e I've said this before on the show, Elon Musk uh, is not, you know, the, the libertarian hero that everyone makes him out to be, right? He gets, you know, grants and handouts and, and a whole bunch of stuff from the state. Um, he's, he's a crony capitalist. So... When you say when when you say well if you if you like Tesla invest in Tesla I go well Tesla should fail I you know I I believe that Tesla should fail um, in, as much as any other car firm who took bailouts and relies on the state um, you know for for grants and handouts to to remain in business right I just I, I if it my general philosophy right uh, is if it were a viable model on its own. It wouldn't need the state backing to be successful. And then you can say, well, look at all the pre-orders of people buying Teslas and like they're not even going to get their Tesla for like three years, uh, you know, but that's the kind of support the company has. I go, fucking great. Then they don't need the bailouts and let them compete on that level. And if they were competing on that level, um, you know, succeed or fail, win or lose, I'd be okay with it. Right, like I'd I'd be okay there's with a good, there's a real a real good chance that without without the government they would still be successful. There there is enough support. Um, now they would have to be a little bit more tight with their money. They would have to uh, not lose as much. They're still a, a company that loses money uh, probably on every car they make. So yeah, they would have to compete more. Um, they would have to be a lot more careful about the people they hire. And uh, you know where their money goes, basically. Um, so, yeah, competition is uh, is the thing that that makes things make sense. <laughs> right. And it, it, I I was thinking about this again. I don't know why. Well, I know why it came up. Um, so, um, you know, one of the the other organizations that I participate in very infrequently um, is r running a class. I don't know if it's still going on. It was either, it's either still going on or like ending today. Um, so a, a lot of my Facebook feed has been, um, you know, the uh, acquaintances and associates um, posting about their experience at this, this latest class that's being offered. Um, and one of the uh, earlier teachings in one of the, the earlier classes is about like, you know, the, the, mecha the mechanisms people use to accomplish their goals. Um, and one of the, the lessons meted out at that time was the, the mechanism you use to achieve your goal is not important, right? It's like what, what, what's, what works versus what doesn't work rather than, you know, how things are done. Um, and at one of the, uh, one of the classes that they offered, um, I gave us, it was a speech class. So I gave a speech that said like mechanism absolutely matters. Um, and so I, I'm, you know, I don't, I don't want to say I'm not ostracized necessarily, but I'm definitely like a known entity, um, to a lot of people around there because I, I said such, you know, blasphemous things as far as the organization is concerned. And, you know, uh, uh, Months after the class, you know, when, when at other gatherings, people still come up to me and like, explain a little bit more, you know, on, on what you meant 
uh, in your speech because now you know you, you got like you know 45 seconds to give an entire speech uh, or like a minute and a half or whatever they gave me um, and you know I, I had to condense it down to, to my main point um, and I'm bringing this up here again because in in the case for like Tesla and solar and and all these things that people want to do right I go well mechanism right the the how is probably the most important thing to me right because you know elon musk and tesla go like well we want we want solar cars to uh, uh not solar electric cars to like be the norm um and renewable energy and you know uh, get away from coal and the mechanism chosen to do it is to get government subsidies and i go wow man that sucks man because like i i really want to support you in your goal Right. I may not agree with your goal, but, you know, I'm, I'm a big supporter of people with goals and like, you know, what they want, what they want to do. And, you know, but I go like, it's very, very important uh, that you consider the how to do it uh, as, as much as you consider the what you're trying to do. Right. And, and to the point where, you know, um, I've gotten heat uh, on, on, online again for supporting, you know, the the ANCOMs and, and that type of movement, because I go like, I don't even care, man. Like I, I support your right to protest i support your right uh to to behave in the manner that you're choosing to behave um as long as you don't infringe on the rights of others right and as long as you're not looking to the state uh to to achieve your goal right like i hope you get your goal right i hope the entire world gets converted away from gas and coal and you know uh, more economically viable ways to like save the planet um you know i i hope that we can get to that point um, but solar's not there yet. Elect, uh, electric cars aren't there yet. Like in, in, in uh, outside of the government sponsorships and, you know, the, the government picking winners and losers, right. Gas and coal is still the dominant choice, right? They just, they just don't get the, the subsidies, um, that, that solar and electric cars are, are getting, you know, like you, if, if I buy a gas vehicle, right. And they're not going to like, you know, kick me back and like, Oh no, you don't have to pay taxes on this. Like congratulations for choosing gasoline or congratulations for choosing dirty diesel, you know, like, you know, but those are actually, it's worse than that because, uh, whenever you buy gas up, up to 50% of the cost of a gallon of gas is taxes. And that should be a disincentive so, to buy gas, right? Like that's that's another way yeah, to push well, people well, away is. from it. It is, um, yeah. It's unfortunate, and uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I <laughs> no, you're right. I mean, it, gas would be cheaper, right? But they don't want you to use it, right? So they jack up the price of gas. They lower the price for electric to 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 corral human behavior and the human mindset into what into their personal agenda that's it yeah all right okay so i i, I do want to say this because i think it's funny um i'm gonna i'm gonna get into the the part of the rest of the conversation um that i had with uh, my coworker, and you know we, we have these discussions quite frequently and one of the things that i've prefaced with her and i've said on the i also said on the show is war is the problem with arguing with libtards right is they force me to support conservative positions um so this whole time like you know she she mentioned donald trump and i went i don't care for trump and she goes really i thought you were a trump supporter and i said again <laughs> right, the, the reason you i sound like a trump supporter is because what you say is so obnoxious, right? And so far out there 
that I have to support some of the president's, you know, some of Donald Trump's positions on things when it makes sense, right? So, and a lot of it has to do with, um, you know, his his past push for deregulation in a lot of industries um, because she's a big, uh, you know, regulation supporter. But uh, the the one thing I want to get into uh, real quick because, you know, again, in talking with her, right, I, I listen to myself and I go, damn, if you were listening to me, you would think I was a member of the alt-right. I go, and I'm not. But some things they say makes a little bit of sense. And then when she says the opposite, right, it makes so little sense that I go, well, of course they're right. So she's a, um, she did not directly say this, but she's, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say, a, a big fan of like, you know, the Black Lives Matter movement. Huh. Okay. Okay. So, so one of her points was there is a, a disparity in justice amongst, uh, you know, black, black justice versus white justice. Right. And I go, okay, got it. Right. You know? Um, yeah, but go ahead. Okay. No, so no, I, I no. I just have to throw this out there. Go All ahead. Right. So, so, uh, so, uh, black people are, are, are treated unfairly more often than, than white people. So what we should do is treat white people unfairly more often, and then they'll be equal, and that's what they want. That's almost what she said. That's like that's a condensation yeah, of know. what she said. Okay, so but it gets even better, right? Because you know she she says um, you know black folks again, right? I'm going to sound alt right, and I'm not. I just I, I did this I did this because it was a long drive, right? And I I was trying to have a little bit of fun. So the, there there's your preface before you know I get the you know you're an alt right and you're not an anarchist and you're not a libertarian and you hate freedom and you know go join Antifa or whatever. Um, so she basically said, you know, and I agreed, right? She said, you know, uh, black folks, uh, you know, uh, uh, get uh, arrested more often than white folks, um, and the, their their punishment is more harsh than white folks for the same crime, right? And I and then I, I just went, well, statistically, if you look at the data, statistically, if you look at the data, uh, black folks commit a disproportionate amount of crimes. Like they just, you know, they, um, they're the, the black on black violence. Well, let me, let me, you can disagree with me and it's okay, fine. I don't on, care. Yeah. Black on black violence. I get. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, I, so if they're, if they're going to be, you know, if, if they're going to be acting in a certain way, you know, amongst themselves and amongst the general populace, black on white crimes as well, um, more, more often than not black on white crimes, more than white on black crimes. Right. Uh, with the exception of like the police attacking them. Right. Like, you know, white folks typically don't see I'm already sounding all right and I don't want to do that. But I threw this out there. <laughs> I threw this out there. OK. And and so he, so she comes back with this. She goes, well, the reason that black folk are more violent is because they're dumber than white folk. And I go, well, okay, that's OK. But here, no, 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 it's racist. No, it is. It is. It is. Totally is. OK. And, and, but here's the reason for, here, here's, she goes, but this goes back to like, she's Asian by the way. So she's not even like black or white. Um, she said like, this goes back to the times of like slavery where if you were an intelligent black slave, you were killed, right? Like if you learn to read, they put you down because they, they did not want an intelligent Negro, uh, in slave times. Right. And she said, so like genetically. <laughs> 
fucking bear with me bear with me and then comment all you want genetically right the 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 uh the black community has been genetically predisposed um to weed out the intellectuals right and and to breed in the violence right like she's a the the reason they're violent is because they've been bred that way and i went well okay so now now we take a step back and i I become alt-right again i go so they've you said it's like genetically encoded uh for black folks to be violent savages right and then you wonder and then you wonder why they commit more crimes and are arrested disproportionately <laughs> I go, do you do you, like oh, do you, man. this is this is an argument with a liberal right this is totally an argument I go, and you wonder why we have this you know this this uh systemic uh racial problem and but did you just hear yourself they're genetically predisposed and bred for violence but oh my god they get arrested so much more often and punished so much harsher than white people <laughs> what can be done right and she goes reparations <laughs> so basically just what you said ancestral white folk who enslaved black people and bred them to be uh brutish dumb savages basically right paraphrasing paraphrasing but basically if you if you heard the conversation it's it, it's an accurate paraphrase uh ancestral white folks who bred uh black folks to be brutish dumb savages right uh now current modern day middle class uh, white folks and, and successful black folks because we all pay taxes must pay reparations to modern day black folks uh, because they're genetically predisposed this way uh, and it's ancestral white fault, right? And I go, okay, so I, you know, a, a uh, who most would describe as a white male, right? I go like, who has never owned a slave am now obligated right somehow in your mind obligated to pay savage brutish dumb black folks for crimes i did not commit decades ago (laughs) and she went yeah that's like that's you know that's that's the price you pay for you know for living in this society you're you're a member of society you know uh that's that's the that's the solution um to this to this uh black violence and black injustice uh problem right give them reparations um and teach them to not be to not be uh violent savages and then again i went well who's going to teach them right because you know part of the other conversation was like you know schools schools don't work uh and they breed you know and and you know when you put black folks in white schools um they come out like this too because you know it's it's systemic against them i go so again like you want to who's going to educate them if you don't want them in the same schools Right. And, you know, so, so the, the conversation deteriorated from there. But I wanted to get out that example um, because I thought it was the funniest. Well, one of the funniest ones on that part of the ride. And feel free to comment, MC, on on the mindset uh, of your average American libtard. Um, I, I, I don't think I need to add anything to that. Um, I, I will say that they, there are groups um in powerful positions that wanted uh, to keep black communities down. And one of those groups was the Democrats. Um, 
the I brought that up too. Um, the the you know the KK KKK was heavily involved. But they they were Democrats, right? Founded by Democrats. Um, she 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 acquiesced that point and said, "But the tides have turned, right? We we basically switch <laughs> sides, right? Demo, the the KKK but, is now a a white uh, a white right movement, um, and that it, it's no longer Democrats doing it or liberals." It may have been founded by them, but then we switched. Right. Like the side just changed. Oh, okay. like, it's like half so, time, and then we so, switched sides. So one of the ways they accomplished that was through the welfare state. Um, so the welfare state destroys families, and so and and they know this. This is intentional. This isn't this isn't like accident, right? So there's there's people that are really smart. They're they're uh, they understand psychology and and they are sociopaths and these are the people in government um so they're able to talk well well-intended people into going along with their plans uh but they they know how to destroy a family and welfare is one way to do it um so yeah it the the uh, from what I understand, the black community was actually much better uh, before, you know, I mean, if you, if you think about back when, uh, uh, you know, Martin Luther King uh, was doing his thing. Um, yes. The, the there, there wasn't so much, um, you know, black on black violence. And, and yeah, the, the communities, a lot of them were still separate, but, um, and, and there was hatred between the groups but um, it it was definitely a lot different than it is now. Um, so so now, yeah, the the system does I I think um, punish and arrest uh, black people disproportionately, especially for things like drugs. And so, yeah, I, I do want to I guess skip forward to what is the solution? Well, the solution is to legalize all you know all drugs um, because that's the tool they use to harass people. Um, and that's another way to destroy the family. You take away the father from family and then you've got just a horrible situation. Um, and, and so that's one of the reasons why there's more violence is because families are destroyed either through welfare or, uh, the prison industrial complex or, or, or drugs themselves or, you know, whatever else. So legalize drugs, let them have access to the safest drugs they can get to, uh, and, you know, things will be a lot better, in my opinion. Yes. So, so not reparations <laughs> for for yeah, black. The, the, there's, I mean, there's, there's no way to <laughs> re. Yeah, re, it's, <laughs> it's just crazy. Okay. Well, that's that's you know, like I said, I just I wanted to throw that out there because, again, I I hate having to I hate having to do it right. Like I hate have I hate having to to take such. What I don't always hate, but sometimes I hate having to take such an extreme alt-rightish, you know, racist sounding position, right, to to circle the liberal uh, into saying outrage, even more outrageous things, right, right, <laughs> which is at like the core of, of what they think and how they, <coughs> excuse me, at the core of what they think and how they want, you know, want things to be done because she even, I even, you know, got her. Uh, at one point, she admitted she's like she doesn't like welfare, right? She's like get people off of welfare. I go okay, welfare bad, 
reparations good you know <laughs> like how you rec- how how do they reconcile all of this in their minds yeah. right how do, how does that how does it ever make sense i, I want to touch back I, my my brain's just kind of swimming in this idea of okay uh, go for it you please know, fa- father fatherless families and stuff like that uh, imagine if you took a, a bunch of kids and 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 they don't have fathers and the, and uh, they don't have uh, I don't know um, I don't know just it's it's like Lord of the Flies you know like put a bunch of kids somewhere let them figure out how to how to get along with people and and you'll have a violent situation guaranteed I don't, I, even if it's like a group of five kids like most likely one of them's gonna get beat up you know. <laughs> Right. So somebody, one of them is going to be the dominant force in that group, um, and uh, and bad things could happen, and and oftentimes they do. And so when you when you uh, you know put it in in real life situations, um, yeah, violence is going to happen. Um, so yeah, family is important. Values are important. Um, you know, teaching people <laughs> when it's okay to hurt somebody, basically just in self defense, that's important. And uh, if, if if the kid isn't getting that, there's going to be violence. Yep. Totally agree. Shall we move on? We should. All right. Uh, anything else from you before we jump into headlines? Um, headlines. Headlines. Okay. You know, I'd so <laughs> I've got a few headlines, and I will just say this: my it, it was I guess a slow news week. Because I got a whole bunch of reason articles and then a whole bunch of free thought project articles. And like, that's it. So hopefully we don't have to get through them all because it'll all sound the same. Headline, how Obama's EPA nearly bankrupted John Duarte's farm. Okay, so I found this one like after my conversation with her. Um, and I was, so I just, you know, I, I got this one out there. Uh, headline, instead of helping him, cop tickets dad for rushing bleeding seven-year-old to the hospital. Uh, headline, Video of dog giving Nazi salutes earns man hate crime charge. Uh, headline, Seattle's straw ban sucks. Uh, headline, entire student section detained, forced to have blood urine tests after beer can found at a football game. Uh, headline, as Hurricane Irma bears down on Florida, the broken window fallacy is back. That's a little old, but we can get into it anyway. And finally, headline, police protect society by stealing man's money for improperly selling hot dogs. That's a feel-good story, so uh, because there's some like there's some updates to that one. Um, any particular place you want to start with this week, MC? Oh no, <clears throat> anywhere's fine. All right, we'll do the we'll do the police protect society by stealing man's hot dogs, um, because again, like, um, well, we'll get into it, and then I'll, I'll I don't have the follow-up article, but I I got the gist. <clears throat> I I just want to say that I th- I think everybody probably agrees that that is the best sad face I've ever seen. Which picture? The third picture on on the right. Okay. Because like the middle it's picture just... looks like he's about to like go on the attack. It's like a meme. <laughs> yeah, the one on the right. He, he he looks really defeated and confused and like yeah, like wow. I mean, that's that's the GoFundMe picture right there. Yeah, I can see why he he got he got paid for that. Um, good good job. Uh, and, and especially just bringing this out. And, and to uh, to full view for everybody to see how how brave our police are. <laughs> All right. So if you if you want to see that picture, you know, uh, f- 
facebook.com slash group slash anarchist experience or facebook.com slash anarchist experience because it's posted as show prep. So just click on the article and read it and look at the picture. Here we go. The University of California Berkeley Police were recently featured in a video that shows their officers serving local citizens by protecting them from the dangers of a hot dog vendor without a permit. Uh, the video was posted on Facebook by Martin Flores with the caption, The sadness to observe UC Berkeley police gives a hot dog vendor a ticket and his hard-earned money taken away. Uh, hashtag justice for one. That's not right, man. That's not right, Flores said as he used his phone to record a UC Berkeley police officer issuing a ticket to a hot dog vendor outside of a football game at the California Memorial Stadium. That's how it works, the male officer responded. Take it to the judge and the judge can decide whether or not it's right. The officer then took the money out of the vendor's wallet. And when he began to protest in Spanish, the officer told them to back up. You're going to take this hard-earned money, Flores asked. The officer replied, yep. People can drink on campus at football games with no tickets, but a hard-working man selling hot dogs, earning a living, gets his money taken away and a ticket, Flores remarked. He doesn't have a permit, the officer replied as he rifled through the vendor's wallet. Yep. This is law and order in action. In response, the claim from Flores that officers were targeting a hot dog vendor while there were other people around who were breaking the law that they were ignoring. They insisted that Flores should have called them and that they would have looked into his claims later. As others on the scene watched the officer extort Juan, the hot dog vendor, one man began to chime up with comments such as, You must have voted for Trump. Good cop. Way to go. Good job. Nice work, dude. You protected the public. Flores, who graduated from UC Berkeley in 96, said he was disappointed as an alumnus to see the campus in its current state. The officer quickly replied, well, if I'm well, well, I'm disappointed in you. I don't believe you're using critical thinking right now. In response to the injustice, Flores has started a GoFundMe page to raise money for Juan. The page description states, this is the official GoFundMe account for Justice for Juan, the hot dog vendor at UC Berkeley. Uh, the funds raised will be utilized to cover legal and personal losses. In addition, funds in excess are to cover other vendors who have been robbed of their hard-earned living through citations and removal of their carts. It is my goal to locate Juan in Berkeley. Any and all help to support and locate him is welcome. On Saturday, September 9th, 2017, I took my children to enjoy a Cal Berkeley football game. We had a great time. After the game, I promised that I would support the hot dog vendors by buying food from them. I captured this video as we were interrupted by UC Berkeley police officers. Thank you for your compassion to support this effort. The GoFundMe page has a goal of $10,000 and over 3800 has been raised uh, by two, over 250 people in the last seven hours. Now, update. The last article that I read on that was that it was like over $57,000 uh, of the goal of 10000 and I have no idea what it's at now. Uh, yeah, it's, it's surpassed 80000 Oh, well, there you go. Good good update, MC. So, I, I, again, it's it's one of those weird situations, right, where it's it's got the goal of 80000 but how much of that is actually going to go to Juan and how much is going to be you know used, like you said, for the other vendors? Um, I pulled this article because, yes, it's, it's horrible, but I think the most egregious violation, right, was the, just taking the money out of the dude's wallet, right? Like asset forfeiture at its finest, right? Give me your wallet. I'm going to take the money out of it. And oh, by the way, here's a ticket with an even bigger fine. Your thoughts, Ems? <laughs> yeah, it's it's ridiculous. And, and yeah, I'm, I'm so glad it got on video. Um, this I, it happens all the time, and and that's what's that's what's crazy about it is things like this happen 
every day and a lot of times it's just not on video and so it doesn't get the, the same attention um so yeah we need a we need a, a intellectual uh, revolution to happen where the people who claim to be serving us are actually you know doing the right thing and and helping people you know even if the guy didn't have a license and you know he was breaking the rules or something i'm pretty sure he could have just told him hey this is how you get a license um this is how we do things on this campus and you know and and everything would have been all right um and it wouldn't have got the attention so um you know i'm not a big fan of licenses or or whatever but um you know if if that area was private property and, and they had their own rules, they, they might have some process you have to go through. Yes. So, um, so if, if somebody's not following the process, you know, fine. Uh, you know, let them know, uh, push, you know, push them off your property if, if that's what you have to do. Um, but <laughs> going to the guy's wallet is, <laughs> oh, it's, it's so, it's so overboard and, and not necessary and uh yeah but this this happens all the time especially in in a uh, asset forfeiture is just it's it's a horrible abuse and and that that happens so much that more more money has been taken from asset forfeiture than all theft combined in in the US so like over a billion dollars was reported stolen in the U.S. and then asset forfeiture was more than that. Uh, so the biggest thieves, thieves in the U.S. right now are are the police, and uh, <laughs> everybody should know about that. Now, having having heard you say that, it reminded me of something else that happened to me this week. Um, and at at first, like I let the anger build, and I uh, after it settled down a little bit, I went, okay. This is this is the perfect time to apply these principles of like public versus private property rights, right? Um, so I, I got to work on Wednesday uh, for my afternoon shift, and where I would usually park my moped, there was like no moped parking. Um, so I parked it in a different location, right? Similar to the location that I had parked it in, you know, before, right? So like um, where I parked, there's like a bunch of of um, poles and trees and stuff that I can like, you know, lock my moped to basically on the sidewalk. Uh, but it's not uncommon. There's like, there's a line of us, right? Like every tree has a bike and a moped like nearby it. So it's not, you know, I don't, fe- I didn't feel out of place, uh, parking there to go to work. Um, but the, the, the regular line of trees and, and poles was like filled on Wednesday. Uh, so I turned the corner and, and put it on the nearest pole. Um, and then I, I I got home from work and I didn't notice it until I got home from work, but it was there the whole time, right? Um, I received a citation um, from the the property owner, right? Hey, buddy, you know, this, there's no fine with this, right? It's a warning. It's a first warning citation. Uh, this is not where you park your moped, you know, subject to tow. Uh, you've been warned, kind of a thing. Now, so I was like, you know, no, oh, fuck those guys. You know, like there's, there's like a million other mopeds lined up and I turned the corner and put mine here and like, it's not even in the way, right? It's still like n- not blocking any, any right of way necessarily. Um, so I was a little bit upset and I went, well, it's not, a, it's not a state ticket, 
right? It's a, it's a private property ticket. So there must be something that I'm missing. Uh, so I, uh, yesterday I went, I, I left for work uh, a little bit early so I could go like resolve this and find out what the deal is. Um, so I got there and I went looking for the security office and the security guard had a desk and right away, right? Security, security guard, uh, much nicer than any interactions I've had with most cops. But I went, okay, I was, I was looking for the security office. I get this is it. Not trying to be rude. I, you know, here's my situation. I parked, uh, Wednesday. I got a citation. Uh, why number one, and I work here. So is there a way to, you know, is there a way where I can park, um, and not get cited? Cause I don't, I don't want to come out from work and have my moped be gone, you know? And this is how nice the guy was, right? This, this is the, the, the private market security guy. He walked me out to the street and showed me the property line. He said, this uh, brass uh, rod going through the sidewalk is the demarcation for the property. So you will notice that all the mopeds lined up attached to trees and poles are off of our property. Like that is public property. That is, you know, for HPD to deal with. Uh, and I said, well, I haven't seen a ticket yet. And I've been, you know, I've, I've been working here for a, close to a month or so now and it hasn't been a problem. He's like, well, sometimes they get a crawling up their ass and, and they come through. I'm like, well, that's going to suck. Um, but he showed, he, you know, he walked out there, he showed me the line. He said, you know, and the, and the property like turns the corner up into like half the street. So where you parked was like inside that the pole you were at was technically on our property. And so we gave you the citation and we don't usually tow and yada, yada. I'm like, well, okay, who do I talk to? So I, I you know, cause I've, I've seen, you know, who, who can I talk to, to like maybe resolve this by getting a permit, right? Like by allowing me to park on the property since I work on the property. Um, and then again, so he gave me the directions, you know, to, to, um, the, the building management office, um, to go get that, to go get that taken care of. Um, so, it, you know, to, to, to tie this into the hot dog vendor, right? If this was, if this was a, you know, a UC Berkeley campus event, right, where the campus requires, uh, you know, a, a permit to do so, and the campus doesn't take any government funding at all to operate, right, because, you know, if, if, you know if, if, they're, if they're cronies too, then screw them as well, which I guess is a shift in my position, because that's, that's a position that Thaddeus Russell took a while ago, and I kind of disagreed with him, but I guess now I, I agree with him a little bit more. Um, but anyway, so if, if the campus requires a permit, then by all means, right, rather than being like the dickhead cop who gives a ticket uh, and, and steals money from the dude's wallet, right, how about you be like the friendly security guard that walks the guy through exactly the, the process he needs to go through uh, to operate legally on private property, right? And that was like my, my mental shift, right? I was like, I was upset. I'm like, motherfucker, you know, ticking me for, for whatever reason. Like, I work here. Just leave me alone. Um, but at the same time, I go, well, private property, you know, there, there must be a reason why this particular poll is different from that particular poll. Uh, and, and, and why, you know, they, I, I haven't gotten cited until I use this particular poll. Um, so got that squared away. Um, and, and so I just wanted to, to tie that in with, uh, you know, the, the, the helpful private market security guard, um, versus, you know, the, the dickhead cop writing tickets, right? Also, um, one more story. Do you have time for one more story, MC? Sure. Okay. So when I was in college, 
um, off campus, right? There were like some entrepreneurial students um, doing basically the same thing as this guy. And I don't know if they ever got permits because the, the local newspaper never covered an issue of like permits. Um, but they would hang out outside of like the bar on Friday and Saturday night, right? And sell hot dogs to, to drunk students. It was like almost literally the same thing. Um, dude, you want to buy a hot dog? We got hot dogs. You hungry? Like, you know, after, after a hard night at the bar drinking, you know, like you want to buy a hot dog. And at that time, um, nary a word was said about permits, right? It was like, oh man, you know, the societal mindset or geographic mindset difference. Like, look at these enterprising students, um, you know, uh, uh, making some money off the side by just, you know, boiling up some hot dogs and selling it to, to, to drunk bar patrons. And so that was that was seen as a good thing back then. And the only issue that they ran into um, was the little uh, hot dog paper that they put it in. Like customers were not throwing it in the trash. And so you know they were like, well, we we got to find a way to like you know to to clean up the mess after we leave it on the the public street corner. Um, but the, I I don't think they ever received a ticket. I don't think their wallet was ever rifled through. Um, they may have been white students. I don't recall. So there's some white privilege there and some entrepreneurial mindset. But just, just again, just a shift uh, in, in the way that people think about, you know, small business people trying to make a living um, and, you know, private security versus, you know, even campus police, right? It, he may have been like a UC Berkeley police officer, um, but I don't think private security has af- asset forfeiture rights. Like there's no way that this guy's not a member of the state if he's rifling through the guy's wallet, stealing his money. Um, so yeah, those, those are my shares. Your thoughts, MC. So you found a, a good place to put your bike at least? Well, when I got to work on Friday, right, I put a little note on there that says like, I work in the building. Please don't write me a ticket. Just call me if there's an issue with where I'm at and I move, right, basically. Um, right on. But when I got there on Friday, I, I found a spot uh, on the proper side, on the public side of the brass line. Um, so it wasn't going to be an issue. And then I went up to the office and I left them my my uh, name, number, and you know situation basically, um, and so hopefully they'll get back to me because I know that um, where I go to like to to throw out the trash, uh, there's a moped locked up, right? And it's like it's on the property behind a fence, like in the loading dock area. And I go, well, if that guy's parking there. Like, you know, what what do I have to do? Who do I have to talk to 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 be able to park there as well? Because then it's even more secure, right? It's on the property. It's locked up. It's behind a fence. You know, it's 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 not even in the public eye at that point. Um, so yeah, so I'm I'm waiting to hear back on that. Uh, and if it's a, if it's a small fee, right, I might be willing to pay it, right? Just right. just for the security. Um, but if they're gonna be like, you know, seventy five bucks a month, I'm like, well, I don't work enough, right? I don't I don't I don't I'm not on that property long enough to justify, you know, a regular monthly parking bill. Um, but if it's like, you know, 20 bucks, you know, 20 bucks a month or, you know, uh, uh, they said like something like a, a security deposit. I'm like, oh, well, that's fine. So you get your security deposit back when you're done. Um, so st- something like that. Yeah, I'll, I'll be I'll definitely be willing to pay uh, a permit to pro- to park on private property um, if the you know, if, if the price is reasonable. Right. Because, you know, the, the building has parking. Um, and I know that uh, coworkers who drive to work. Um, drive around Waikiki where, where, where we're located looking for street parking 
and like you know plugging the meter and having to run back you know at some point to to refill it if they're working long enough so it's it's not a, it's not an ideal parking situation anyway which is one of the reasons why i ride the moped um when i know parking is going to be a pain in the ass um it's a it's a convenience factor for me and it's cheap um so if there if there's a if there's a reasonable uh, monetary solution um i will take it uh if not i will continue to find parking on the correct side uh, of the brass line uh to to avoid run-ins with security again and you know maybe right i i was cordial he was nice i thanked him for his time and, and his help and information um you know always nice to be friends with the security guards uh when they're private right because because then they leave you alone right you're like you know hey mike you know how are you doing today you know that that sort of like you know social engineering i guess would be a good way to put it um always helpful but yeah so the the solution hasn't been resolved but at least i know at least he was nice enough to like to explain to me exactly what i did wrong so i can avoid it in the future without worrying about you know my my means of transportation disappearing while i'm at work moving on yeah i think we're about done we're about out of time right are we oh man i'm not even paying attention today yeah i guess so shit it's looking at the wrong timestamp. okay well that'll do it then one article in uh final thoughts before i wrap it nope have a great day all right, you too. Uh, thank you very much for listening, everybody. Uh, you know where to find us, anarchistexperience.com, facebook.com slash anarchistexperience. Uh, if you want to get in on the discussion and post some show prep or discuss the show prep that we do talk about, uh, we do that in the Facebook groups, facebook.com slash groups slash anarchistexperience. Uh, and if you want to donate to the show, we haven't been kicked off yet because we're not alt-right enough. Uh, do it through Patreon, patreon.com slash experience. Thank you very much for listening, and we'll talk to you all next week. Peace.